What's going on, people? It's your bike, and it's you back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? And I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know if y'all can tell from my voice. I'm excited. I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So basically, what just happened was... Oh, by the way, I didn't check in with y'all. How y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are staying safe. But I'm too excited. Let's just get into the topic. Let's just get right to it. Anyway, so I was going through a lot of the podcast episodes and looking through what I've been talking about recently. And it hit me, which thank y'all to each and every single one of y'all that are listening to this podcast right now. Thank you to every single one who has shared the podcast. And if you haven't, and you th- if you think this can benefit your friends, please share the podcast. It means a lot to me. Share it on social media. Share it on everything that you guys have. Share it with a text, DM a friend, do all that kind of stuff. It means a lot to me for each and every single person that has been listening to this podcast. It means the world that you guys even care about the things that I have to stay on here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate each and every single one of y'all. But anyway, so I was going through some of the topics that we've talked about recently, just reviewing what it is that I've touched on, some of the things that I've been hitting on recently. And I was like, you know what? As you guys know, every Tuesday we do a personal finance and investing topic. And then on Thursday, we talk about business news just so we all know what's going on in the business world. By the way, if you wanted to know where I get most of the information I get for the business world news articles, I read something called the Morning Brew newsletter. There's a link down in the show notes if you want to find out what uh, what I'm talking about. Just go down there and click on it and you can start getting those newsletters yourself if you want to get more information about the things that I talk about. It's a really good newsletter that curates a lot of the information that goes on in the world. I read a lot of other newsletters as well, Axios, Market Watch. Um, there's one that my brother sent to me. It's, it's a very simple one. I don't remember what it's called. If I remember, it's going to be down there in the show notes as well. But basically, I just read a lot of different newsletters and curate a lot of information because as an investor, which we're going to be talking about investing, as an investor, it's good to know what's going on in the marketplace. It's good to know what's going on in the world around you because all those factors play a role in your investments for you to have the best information to know what exactly to invest in. But anyway, I was going through all the lists and like I said, on Tuesday, we do the business news. And I was just like, yo, I've been talking about personal finance a lot. I've been talking about managing money and doing the budgeting and tracking expenses. And I've been talking about that a lot. And I've not really talked about the more fun side of handling money and the more exciting things that you do when you have money. And I was like, yo, I need to do something about that. This is the beautiful thing about being the podcast. And you guys... Get a say as well. If there's anything that you want me to touch on, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter, and I will touch on it as best as I can. Also, remember, I am not a personal financial advisor. I do this as from things that I've learned, and I believe some of the experiences that I've gone through, you don't have to make those same experiences. Or if you are going through those same similar experiences, ways that you can get yourself out of it, just like I was able to get out of it through some of the things that I learned. But anyway, I was going through it and I was like, yo, I have not talked about my favorite topic to talk about, which is investing. I love 
talking about investing. You can ask my brother. You can ask my sister. You can ask my other sister. You can ask my mom. You can ask my dad. I love talking. I can ask my friends. I love talking about investments. I love talking about how to look at a business. I love talking about how to break down a business. I love talking about the financials of a business, the cash flow of a business, the moats of a I love all of that stuff. I love talking about that stuff. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the reason why I started this podcast in the first place. Actually, that's not true. The reason I started this podcast was because, as you guys have noticed, I love to ramble and I love to talk and I love to motivate. And so I put this all into one thing called the Rambling Mind Podcast. And so now it is born. But anyway, through that, I found this passion of investments and personal finance. But anyway, why am I talking about all of that stuff? I am so off topic. Let's get back on topic. Can let you settle down. Settle down. I know you're excited, but calm down. Now let's get back on topic. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about investing and the ways we should go about investing. So when it comes to investing, if you've ever just searched, I want to invest money on Google or or on YouTube, or you've watched any video or you've heard anybody talk about it. There's a lot of stuff that just kind of pops out. There's a lot of different styles to investing. There's a lot of different ways to go about investing. There's the passive way of investing, which is basically where you just invest over time. You're not really trying to select stocks. You're not trying to pick stocks. You just have a, a an index that you're tracking and you just keep putting money towards it so you can invest that way. There's the active way of investing, which is the more fun way of investing if you're willing to do the research, if you're willing to put in the work to know what's happening with a company, to know what's going on with its financials, to know what is if it's a good thing to buy. Is it a value company? Is it a cheap stock? Is it a, like stuff like that? It's that's also fun, but it's also, you know, it's harder because you're a active investor. You're an enter, enterprising investor, as Benjamin, uh, something Benjamin calls it. I forget his name, but. It's a, you want to do well. You want to be like Warren Buffett. You want to be like Ray Dalio, you know, the great investors of the world. You want to be like, uh, what's his name? Lynch. I can't remember his first name. I can't remember people's names like that. But anyway, you want to be great. You want to be those kind of things. And that's cool too. And, but I always tell people when you're starting off investing, don't miss the obvious things. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. The obvious way and simple way that 99.9% of us should be doing. Actually, no, a hundred percent of us should be doing when it comes to investing. It's a very simple way, but I think because of all the things that we've heard about investing, whether it be day traders, option traders, uh, Bitcoin traders, Forex traders, all these different forms of investing. Except those things are not actually investing. That's trading. It's completely different from investing. And so a lot of us get confused and a lot of us get overwhelmed with the amount of information that's out there with the amount of things that people put out there as to like, this is how you need to invest your money. And really it's a lot more simple. It's very simple for most people. For most people, most people are never going to try and be an active trader. Most people are never going to try and read the financial reports of companies. Most people just don't care about this stuff like I do. And there is a way for you, if you don't care about all this stuff, to still make money investing. And that's the important thing that I wanted to share about some of the ways that we can do this. And there's two main ways that we can go about investing 
without actually having to think about it, without actually having to be so inundated in it, if that makes any sense, without us actually having to put our hands into it, without us having to research all this stuff. It's a, there's a very simple way to invest money. The first one is your employee sponsored or employer sponsored 401k. The reason why I bring this up is if this is something that your company gives to you and it's an option with your company, you need to be doing this because if your company, if your company is doing a 401k sponsorship, it means that they're getting a tax write off to give you free money. And so they are going to always do that rather than give the money, the, the government money, they'll rather give it to their employees. And so just match at the minimum match what your employer whatever your employer has said that if you put like 10% in your savings we'll, we'll match that in your 401k we'll match that you're never going to get this kind of free money anywhere else ever you will never get this kind of free dough anywhere else I have friends who have very done very well and abused this system and now they have over a hundred plus thousand dollars invested in their 401k all they did was they just maxed out their 401k and their employer gave them a bunch of money get a bunch of free money literally like it's the only time in life where you get free money just by putting money in and for every single person think about it if your mom and your dad came to you and said hey if you save 500 dollars, we will match your 500 dollars." all of us would do it it's the same thing our employer would do it if it's the same exact thing and then the other one which is the one that we're going to focus on more in this video is with a Roth IRA, which is what most people need in the world, is a Roth IRA. The reason why I start with these two investments is because both of them are, can grow tax-free. In other words, every capital gain that you make on the back end of things, the government is not gonna take any one of those dollars from you. It is for you to spend and use as you choose, which cutting your tax bill is always great i don't want you guys to get nickel and dimed on the back end i mean the government already takes money on the front end whenever you make anything why should they also take money on the back end you know and so in that same vein that's where the roth ira comes in but anyway when it comes to a roth ira i say there are two styles that everybody can open one with or can invest in an ira with one is the target date index fund and the other one is through using multiple different ETFs to make it more what you want it to be. So what do I mean by target date index fund? A target date index fund is literally a fund that is built to change as you grow, to, to, to mitigate any risk or to help you mitigate risk as you get older and older and older and you get towards that retirement date. And basically it is meant to save you money when you're younger It's meant to like put you in a very risky circle in a very risky catalog where you can recover from those risks that you take when you're younger to when you're older where it will change the mix of your investments to look a lot safer in other words in a, a target date fund it has things like equities but it also has bonds and cash in there to make sure that you're mitigating the risks of your account. Now, the reason why I tell most people to do a target date fund is it is the ultimate set and forget type of investment that you can have. It is literally where you set it up and you never have to think about it again. Literally, you set up the account, you search for that target date fund, you add it to your account, and then you set a reoccurring payment into the account or you, you basically pay yourself where you get paid from work, you transfer money directly into the account and it buys it. And you don't have to think about 
oh, am I buying the right investment at the right time? Is this the right move to make? Or is that, no, you just keep buying into it every single month. If that's the, uh, if you're doing it monthly or every single week, if you're doing it weekly, basically you just do it over time. You don't have to think about it. You don't need anybody to tell you anything. You just, every once in a while, you look at it, you check it, you smile at yourself. You say, Hey, look, I'm doing pretty good in the market. And when people are like, Hey, I made this much money in the market. You can stand up and be like, yo, I made a bunch of money in the market too. Like, yo, I'm making money. And you didn't really have to do anything. Somebody else who's actively trading like me, who's reading all these articles and doing all this studies and researching companies and staying up late at night to read about different companies and make sure that I have the right company and all this other stuff. You don't even have to do all of that. Like just passively doing it every single month or if you can every single week every single day, whatever the schedule is for you to be consistently transferring money into that target day fund, all that's all you got to do. That's literally all you got to do is just consistently do it. Consistently do it. Just repetitive. You don't have to think of it. It just happens. It just happens and you're not even involved in the process anymore. You've removed yourself from the process, which is key for you to be able to make money investing regardless, is removing yourself, your emotions and everything from being tied into it because you can't actually see what's in it. And so that way you can consistently keep doing it. So how exactly do you get a target date fund? A target date fund is going to de- be dependent on the brokerage that you have for your IRA. So Vanguard has a target date fund. Fidelity has a target date fund for, and, and oh, and before I move on from this, very important that I say this. Do not just do a target date fund. Do a target date index fund. That index word is very important. And we'll talk about why that index word is very important later on in the, in the podcast. But basically all you would do is you would just go online and you would search. Or first of all, you got to figure out what year you want that target date fund to be. So for example, for me, I was born in 1994. The typical retirement year is 60. So you add 60 to that. So for me, it's 2054. But I couldn't find one that was specific to me when I was looking on Fidelity, when I was doing setting up my own. And so what I had to do was I just upped mine. I made mine for a 65 year old or retirement at 65. And so for me, that became uh, 2060. It became the fund for 2060 so that I could make up that ground. So it just, it just worked better for me that way. And so you just add the year you were born plus 65 or plus 60, whichever way you want to do it. If you want to retire at 50 or you want to retire at 60, 60 is the year you can have access without having to pay any fees in an IRA account. So that's why people use the age 60. I just do 65 because I don't really want access to it. And I probably won't even use it at that point in time because I'll still be working still be making money in one shape, form or fashion. And I think my IRA and all this other stuff is probably going to just end up being for my kids and grandkids to enjoy life and all that. Anyway, but that's beside the point. But basically, all you would have to do is get online and search your brokerage name and put in target date index fund and then the year. So for me, that was Fidelity target date index fund 2060. Now for Fidelity, their target date index funds are called freedom funds or yeah fidelity freedom I, I believe is what it's called so you can just for anybody who has a fidelity account that's just a freebie you can find that and just search fidelity freedom 2060 and we'll talk about what you should look for because it's not just as simple as oh i found it i'm gonna buy this one we'll talk about that in a second um if it's vanguard vanguard is very simple vanguard is just vanguard target date fund charles schwab is charles schwab index fund i think or charles schwab target date fund i think I set this up with my brother, but right now I'm, I'm, I'm having a brain fart as to what it was called. 
But those are the three that I know. I know there's other ones from TD Ameritrade. There's ones from all different, uh, different brokerages. But the main three that I stand, I stand by because I've used, whether for myself or with my siblings or with my family is Vanguard, Fidelity, and Charles Schwab. I know those ones because I, 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 I stand by those ones because those ones have proven to be good. However, like I said earlier, that indexing word is very important. The reason why that index word is it denotes how your money will be managed. It determines if your money is going to be passively managed or actively managed. And as we've talked about on this channel previously, active management costs you money. The whole reason you want to do a target date fund is to remove the cost of having an active managing person, a financial advisor or fund manager, whatever, is to remove that person who is trying to pick and select stocks and trying to find out which one is doing the best and to just invest in the broad market as a whole. That's why you want that word index. That's why that index, it denotes that this, this account or this fund is managed passively. The thing is, one thing you should know about investing, it is much easier to be in the market than for you to beat the market. It is better for you to be in the market than for you to beat the market. And look at this crazy stat. Over the last 10 years, people, the S&P 500 has beaten, I believe it's 95% of financial advisors. In other words, you and I, if we just invest in an index fund, we will outperform actual fund managers, people who go to school, who have all the research and tools, who have all those things at their disposal, you will outperform them. There are very few, literally a handful of investors that have beaten the market and they don't do it consistently. They may do it this year, but they're not necessarily going to do it next year. And so when you think about that, it then becomes like, yo, why should I pay somebody an exorbitant amount of money. And you may not think it's a lot when you see like, oh, just 1%, that's not a lot. You may not think it's a lot, but it adds up and it cuts into your growth potential. It cuts into your returns. I've witnessed it where my money just felt like it was stagnating. Like I made some, but it was just like, I could have made so much more. The fees were costing me. The fees were costing me a lot of money on the back end. And so you don't want that. You don't want ever incur that much charges or incur that much fees when you can do better just by being in the market. So stay away from any of those funds that are actively managed and doesn't have that word index in it. Now for Vanguard, Vanguard is the only brokerage, and this is why I love Vanguard. It's the only brokerage that doesn't try to play any games or doesn't try to mess you mess you up and try to throw you the wrong thing and lead you the wrong way. Vanguard, because it is not owned by like big stakeholders and shareholders or anything like that, it's literally owned by those who invest in Vanguard or who invest through Vanguard. And the entire premise of Vanguard is to make sure that they're bringing the cost as low as po possible for anybody who's opening the account. And so that, if if you can open a Vanguard, Vanguard is the one that I would say. However, the thing with Vanguard is a lot of their funds have a minimum entry of $1,000. So for most people who don't have $1,000 to put into an investment right now, it means that you have to take more onus to go to whether you want to open one with Fidelity. To go with Fidelity, for example, that's what I do, but you have to be careful about what you select on Fidelity or on Charles Schwab. You have to select and make sure it has an index fund. So there are two things that you're going to want to look for when, or three things you're going to want to look for when you go into to search that index fund to make sure that it is a passively managed index fund. The first one you want to look at 
is the expense ratio of that fund. You want to make sure that you are selecting the right expense ratio of that fund. So the number that you're looking for when you're looking at, okay, how much am I going to be paying the fee? You want it to be less than 0.2%. You don't want anything higher. If it's, if it shows, if they even, if they even are smelling like it's wrong, just don't do it. Don't do it. For example, the freedom, the fidelity freedom mutual funds that I have, they have an expense ratio of 0.015. So even that 0.2% is a stretch. So you want it to be way lower than that. I mean, I have mine for 0.015. Vanguard has theirs for 0.03. Charles Schwab has theirs for point, I think it's 0.03 as well. So there's no reason that any one of us should be paying anything above 0.2%. And that is an extreme stretch. That's an extreme stretch for you to be paying 0.2%. Now, what what does that mean? It means that for every $10,000 that I invest in my Fidelity Index Fund account, I'm only paying a fee of $15. For every $10,000 I invest, I'm paying a fee of $15. So it comes, it may, it doesn't, so you can see how minuscule that fee is on the back end. Otherwise, if it was a 1%, it means that for every $10,000 I invest, I'm paying a fee of $1,000. So really, I'm only investing $9,000. It cuts into your expenses a lot or it cuts into your investments a lot. That's why even that 0.2%, I'm paying a $200 fee. $15 is more than enough for everything that I need to get done on their platform. I'm just using their platform as the place that I need to use the money to go to the stock market, to get to the stock market. The second number that you're going to be looking for is something called the turnover ratio. Now, this one is very important. The reason why this one is important is it tells you exactly how the the stocks is being managed. How often are things being traded within that index fund? Are they buying stuff all the time? If you see a turnover ratio that is greater than 25%, run. Run far away, like run far away from that scene because it means that they are all always buying and selling. And when you buy and sell, you have to pay taxes on it, which means that your stuff, your investments is going to incur taxes, which means it also cuts into your gains. And the whole point of passively investing is to avoid all of that stuff, is to avoid all the possibility that my gains can be cut into. So you want a low turnover ratio. Now, I'll give everybody a heads up. I know uh, Fidelity, their, their, their target date funds right now have a high turnover ratio at about 77%. The main reason why they have a high turnover ratio is because they recently just added international stocks into their target date fund. So if it has a high turnover ratio, figure out why it has a high turnover ratio. That's what I was able to determine. I was like, why does this have such a high turnover ratio? But they, I figured it out. And the ratio should be dropping down and has dropped down a little bit since I opened the account. So just keep that in mind if you're going to go with Fidelity. Charles Schwab has a really low one. Vanguard, of course, you always you got to trust Vanguard because it's Vanguard. And so that's what you want in the in the fund. Now, the third thing you're going to look for in a target date index fund is you're going to look at what exactly does this fund hold? And there are three things that you're going to be looking for. Total market total emerging market and maybe total bond as well now if you're young you may not see that bond option within that portfolio but you're going to be looking at what exactly is contained in this and what you're looking for is that to make sure that those holdings are also indexed in other words it's not trying to pick and choose which ones to select it's just following the market and so that's what you're going to be looking for when it comes to the holdings within the fund 
you might be saying, bro, it cannot be that easy. Like this literally cannot be that easy or this is a lot harder than I thought it was. It really isn't. It's literally going to take you like no more than five minutes to look up all the stuff that I just told you to look up. I mean, I worked through this with my sister. It literally took us like five minutes to do it. It won't take you that long. It will not take you that long. And then the good thing about this, like I said earlier, is you don't even have to think about balancing out the account, reallocating funds. You don't have to think about that. The fund manager that you're paying that $15 fee for every $10,000 you invest is going to handle all of that stuff as life progresses. As the fund ages, basically they take the fund and be like, okay, 20 years down the road when this guy is in his 40s or in his 50s, we're going to change this up and have a lot more bonds or have some bonds in there to curb because he's probably getting ready for retirement. And when he's in his 60s, we're going to have a good portion of bonds to be in here so we can curb some of his losses as well. So these are the things of why you should look for it. As a matter of fact, I did write down some good examples of target date index fund. For Fidelity, it is the Fidelity Freedom Index Fund. For Vanguard, it is a Vanguard Target Date Fund. For Charles Schwab, it is the Schwab target date index fund those are some that i really like and all you have to do after i just mentioned all those just put the year remember it is the year you were born plus 65 or plus 60 whichever way you want to do it and just stick it at the end of that search it on google open your ira account or if you already have an ira account whichever one it is just do that that's all you gotta do if you want to invest passively in the market now the second style of investing if you still want to do a set up and forget method but you want a little bit more control over how your how your your investments look you want more control over what exactly is going to be in that investment you want to determine when stuff is sold and when stuff is bought and you want to be you be thinking about it you want to be a little bit more enterprising but not all the way to enterprising where you're trying to select single stocks the option for you is to do something is to use the etf method which is basically where you select the ETFs of what would have been in a target day fund. So you would have a ETF that is a total market ETF, a, an emerging market or international market ETF, and a total bond ETF. And basically what you're looking for with those ETFs is you want to make sure that the expense ratio on those ETFs are less than 0.1%. An example of ETFs that you might have if you have a Vanguard account is the VT Sachs, which is a total market ETF. You can have the VSUX, which is VXUX, and that is the Vanguard Total Emerging Market ETF. And then for a total bond ETF, you have the BND. Each and every single one of these ETFs have an expense ratio of less than 0.05. So you can definitely invest in those if you want a little bit more control to, to plan for retirement or you want to retire a little bit earlier than that. That gives you more control and more sustained run of your retirement but to leave out of here or to, before i get out of here i got a question for each and every single one of y'all and you can hit me up on instagram or anything like that which method is more appealing to you the extremely passive method where the only thing you have to think about is making sure that you're transferring money into the account or the other slightly more active method of using etfs which one feels more more um interesting to you for me I do both so as you guys know I have an IRA account and in my IRA account it's literally just the target date fund I don't really pay too much attention to it I don't really care about it because I don't have access to that money until I'm 59 plus anyway so I don't really care so I just leave that 
And then I have my Robinhood account, which has a lot of ETFs in it, where I'm just trying to see if I can pace my way to making a bunch of money through that account. Now, the problem with the Robinhood account is I will be taxed on it because it's not tax protected. It is. It doesn't protect me like the IRA account does. But anyway, I hope you all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. Remember, when it comes to investing, it's not as big of a thing as most people make it to be. It's literally consistency and time. Consistency and time is the only thing you need to know when it comes to investing. Passive investing in things like ETFs and index funds and those kind of things is the way to go. Now, if you have an IRA account and you're still trying to invest more money because the IRA account has a cap and you've hit your cap of $6,000 in an IRA and you're like, yo, I want to find another way to invest, down in the link, down in the show notes, there's a link to Robinhood where you can get yourself one free stock. There's also a link to Weeble, which I'm not a biggest fan of Weeble, and you can get yourself two free stocks. And also there's a link down to M1 Finance. I'm actually a big fan of M1 Finance and you can get $10 to starting to invest money. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire pasta podcast. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless y'all and I'm out. Peace.